We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast coming at you. What is it? Wednesday morning. It's October 4th, and we are about 24 hours away from the Wolves playing their first of two preseason games in Abu Dhabi. And Jace, I know that because I saw this video of Rudy Gobert on a camel this morning while I was scrolling the Timberwolves Instagram page. Was that was the, was that is that COO Ryan Tanky attached to him behind? Is that I what couldn't I got there? tell if it was COO Ryan Tanky or Chief Shooting Specialist Matt Ryan behind that, him. Yeah, that could also be. Sure, it's definitely yeah. a white dude. Yeah, I thought it was maybe Ryan Tanky, but I don't know. I, but anyway, it could be. I tried to I tried to zoom. You know, it, it I know it's it's hard to get a distinct view, but yes, Rudy Bears on a camel. That's like the best evidence we have that they are indeed in Abu. <laughs> They are uh, two games, uh, Thursday morning they play, Saturday morning they play. Um, obviously, we'll kind of be, you'll be writing about it. I'll be talking about those games as they come. We're just trying to hit on a bunch of different training camp topics here. Uh, Chris and I kind of talked about what he'd been writing about with maturity. And you know, it just feels like we have this like laundry list of like kind of subtopics uh, with the the Wolves this year, Britt and I kind of went into the whole cat and go bear bigs and how to navigate all that sort of stuff. Um, I think one pretty important subplot here for us is the the Jaden McDaniels extension or lack thereof uh, thus far. I think Devin Vassell signing earlier this week and his extension, same class, all that kind of and for how big that number was. Right. <clears throat> got a lot of people thinking. Uh, about like, what the hell? Like, what's going on with Jaden? And, and then also, wow, this is going to be really expensive, which kind of just opens up a Pandora's box of all these different Wolves things and connections to the cap and uh, and all of that. But just, uh, I guess in general, when you saw that Devin Vassell number, five years, 135. 146, where, what did that right? Make? Well, it was 146, but then like Bobby Marks tweeted out that like 11 million of it is incentive stuff. So, okay. And, and it isn't like the cap, you know, how like Woj does that, the, the, yeah, yeah, or the yeah. agent yep. does yep. that. The most like, agent hey. friendly deal. Here's the most it could ever possibly be. Yes. And then but for a lot of times purposes. the clarification. Yes. Yeah. The clarification mm-hmm. you ever get is like, 
likely incentives or unlikely incentives. And they know, were like, unlikely. Right. And so it doesn't count against the cap. And honestly, like when I saw 146 and, you know, you round up, you go and I go into my head. I'm like, yes. okay, 150, that's 30 per, pop, you know, right. like, so it's a little bit less than that. And I think, I don't know, at least we would agree that Jaden is going to get more than Devin Vassell. I think some people would say kind of significantly more than Devin Vassell. Um, it's just, I, we talked about it during the summertime. This is going to be a big number uh, that comes through for Jaden. I, I would say over 150 almost for sure. Yeah, I would have to think that the Timberwolves probably hated that coming out. Um, <laughs> I mean, as much as anything, yeah, right. because like what what did you see as not even like, you know, people with the Spurs or anything, but just general like NBA fan reaction? What was their the, the general reaction to Devin Vassell's contract? Oh, like way overpaid. But it's also it's the same thing. It's like it's the Spurs and it's the Wolves, like two yeah, teams yeah, yeah, that yeah, people sure. aren't like like Vassell's Vassell's good. Yeah, like, yeah. But but he's not recognized as like Jaden good, you know, like he's not uh i don't think he is i think he's a nice player too like mm-hmm. if he had started last year when they had yeah. to sell like yeah the spurs obviously beat the wolves two out of three times but it was like hard to deny that he's a really good player mm-hmm. but but when you haven't contributed to so you think Jaden has more clout than him like significantly yeah i think so just in the yeah. fact that Jaden has been on winning teams yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Devin Vassell has not yeah. contributed anything to winning yet. I'm just always concerned that we like it's the proximity that I'm in. And so I get that. I agree right. with you. But at the same time, you Ooh. just hear Jaden's name brought up more across a national landscape than you hear Devin that's Vassell. True. I that's mean, and, and Devin Vassell missed time mm-hmm. the second half of last year and whatnot. But like you don't hear NBA players being like, and Devin Vassell's a problem, too. You know, that's a guy who doesn't <laughs> get true, talked about true. enough. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, so I, I definitely think Jaden's in a different class, but I also think like it's possible. Like, I don't want to down Devin Vassell. I think he's a nice player. I wouldn't have given him that much money, just as like somebody where it's like we've seen on a bad team you can produce. And I do think he's a nice player who will help this team produce at a winning level when they get there, you know, with Wimbledon right. and whatnot. So like I understand this first projection. I don't necessarily think that's what's been earned. I think that's what they think is going to come. I think mm-hmm. they think he will earn it. Um, but it I don't I don't think it's unfair to say that right now that's an overpay. And does somebody else's overpay have to mean then that now everybody else has to get overpaid to their extent as well? So like I, I don't see any way that Jane walks away with less than Devin Bissell. Uh, yeah, 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 I mean yeah. there's no way that you know him and his agent like accept less than that. But you know, if it's like five for one forty and you're like, Oh, that's barely more than Devin Bissell and I don't I think if you're the Timberwolves, you'd be like, well, we can't just massively go over Devin Vassell's number. Right. And the Vassell number was like, it was funky where they like front loaded it. Right. It like the first year is like 21 million. And then I think the fourth of the five years is uh, like significantly less than that. And that happens to be the year where Wemby's, his max extension would kick in. Right. It's like four Mm -hmm. years down the line. So right, because they, they can they can front load now because who else are they paying? Exactly. So like the more the more I like looked into this, one, it wasn't actually 146. Like two, it wasn't the actual numbers. Mm-hmm. Three, the Spurs have cap space. The Wolves don't even have tax space. Like right. they, these are literally like different economic environments. I do think the the relevant part of it is um it's kind of like a 70% of the cap is what the Vassell number is. And right. that's what we, that's what the bridges number was is a couple caps ago. Right. So, um, but this is like the 2023 version of the Mikhail bridges contract. 
And we've always said, you know, that's maybe what the Jaden one is. We've got to keep in mind that that Bridges contract became a really good value because he continued to grow and progress in the, the two years that followed it. But when we say the Bridges number, which has been thrown out a million different times with Jaden, that is the Vassell number in terms of a percentage of the cap, five years, 135. And I've always said I think he'll get more than the Bridges number because that Bridges deal turned out to be an awesome deal for the Suns. Yeah, and, and that's where I think, like, I think right now, what what number would you guess? I think if he came in at five for 150, I'd be like, at the beginning of the offseason, that's about the peak of what I would have said. And now that's where I almost feel like that sounds pretty close to right. So uh, uh, you could chime in on this, too. Like, people aren't talking I, look, talking to us about this right correct, now. Correct. Like, correct. Th- this is the right. time yes, where. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yes. So because it doesn't I, benefit anybody to do that. Right. 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 So there's I'm not going off of anything. Me you neither. Know, I, I've heard any time recently. Um, I. I do think it's going to be a bigger number than that. And that's me just kind of reading the the econ of it, right? More so than it is of, of things um, I've heard. I, I think it doesn't have to happen right now. It can happen in a year. And that's if you're and if you're major changing, thing I like to talk about is that it it's not the end of the world if it doesn't happen right now. Exactly. It, it, it like it I think for both sides, always, like for we want to get right? this done. Correct. One hundred percent. If you're if I'm Jaden, I'm no problem just like playing on another year, knowing that right. seeing the trajectory that I've been on and I'm mm-hmm. believing in what I've been doing as a player, like probably thinking my number is going to get higher. And for the Wolves, it makes sense too. like I don't think there should be any type of rush for this. And I don't get the sense there really is, Um, you know, so like I think with fans, when you see like an extension not happening and you've probably Mm -hmm. been waiting for this ever since and signed his like, well, when's Jane signing his and thinking that it's going to happen any day now, like there's no need. So like Tim Connolly said it at media day and it sounded like something that was like just you would say, but like there is quote unquote, like no gun to our head here. And that's true. There's, There's nothing to that effect. I have that Tim clip. Let's uh, let's play that here. Optimistic, you might be able to get something done with Jaden by the start of the season. Yeah, certainly. I think you know we want to be an organization that uh, rewards our players. I'm super proud of Jaden's development, both as a player and person. Um, so we've had some really constructive conversation with his agents, and you know, fingers crossed, we get something done. The cool thing about any extensions talk is they're you know, completely positive. You're a year ahead of it, so there's no gun to our head. But um, you know, we had our druthers. We'd like to get something done sooner rather than later. So I think it's more the way I'm thinking about it, like is more on the Jaden side. I think like if I'm Jaden and Jaden's agent, why would I take the Vassell money or even like five one fifty? right? Like you run a little bit of risk of injury during the season, but it's like, you know, knock on wood. Like even if Jaden like tears his ACL this season, he's still going to get yes. like yeah. a big contract. He's 23 years old. Like, Guys come back from ACLs, Achilles, everything, you know? So I just, I would get from the agency side if you were just like, why would we take anything that's not close to like 200 right now? And then get, and then wait a year. This is the same thing, same agency they did with Jaden, or with Jaden, with DeAndre Ayton. And I just, and I get the Wolves not being like, yeah, like sight unseen. Let's go five two hundred. Yeah. You know, yeah, right, right. So it's uh, it, again. I've said this a million different times. I just feel like it's reiterating after this is we're fourteen days away from the dead or nineteen days away from the deadline. It's October twenty third. Um, I think it's worth 
reiterating again that this is where it's kind of at right now. Vassell is another important like marker, I think, in that, though it deserves the context that you kind of laid out there. It is amazing that like what Vassell's number settled in at, like that's kind of like the middle class. Like it's, <laughs> it's an upper middle class for sure. Yeah, like right. it's, it's people living in, you know, like Edina, um, but it's not like the middle, it's not like the richest people in the world. It's just like your average Edina family <laughs> home. Like that's where Devin Vassell settled in. Like, yeah, they're super rich, but not like the richest person, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, that that's kind of what that number is now. What The number that used to be like the max is now mm-hmm. like that kind of number. And and the the really rich neighborhoods from that class are Ant, who signed the right. the full max for twenty five percent. Tyrese Halliburton signed the full twenty five percent. Lamelo Ball signed the full twenty five percent. I thought Desmond Bain did, but I looked it up. This is not quite that. It's twenty four at least oh, on okay. Spotrack. I, I thought again. Now it's get all these things are getting like the tweet is ends yeah, up yeah. like saying a different number. Um, than than it actually is. Ant, Halliburton, and Ball all have the if they make All NBA this season, they get the boost to to thirty percent. But you know that that's kind of like if Bain's twenty four percent and Bissell's seventeen. To me, like in between those two, makes sense to me. You know, like twenty percent over average annual value, like thirty three a year for Jaden. Economically, I think that is is where we would where you could land now, but I ultimately think it makes sense to, to wait a year, which I've said about a hundred times over the course of the summer. So 20% lands at 33 a year, roughly. Uh, yes, that would be, I mean, it's got the annual escalators. We also don't know exactly what the cap is yet. Right, I mean, right, right. the cap should be, let me just, I, I wrote that down yesterday. 150, 30, that's 30. Exactly. Yeah. If okay. the cap go, goes up. Okay. Wait, so so twenty percent is thirty exactly? Yes, okay. Aver- that that would be the starting point. Is Correct. 30, yes, yeah, and yeah. then it'd be like yep. 34, yep. 33, 36, 39, 42, something like that. Right, right. So it would probably mm-hmm. come out to like the one seventy range. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah. Okay. That that would be that would be my uh, best guess. Um, all right, we're we'll keep moving on, but uh, gonna let you all know that we are, as always, sponsored by Falling Knife Brewing Company. Um, we have. The Wolves Fest or Falling Knife is having Wolves Fest on October 14th, not this Saturday, uh, but the next Saturday. Sounds like there's a million different uh, Wolves live events uh, going on. I know John's doing one uh, the the night before and the CND and Crunch Wears No Pants uh, pods are doing one the, the night before that. Uh, we'll, we'll be the we'll be the last one for you guys uh, on Saturday. I come out to Falling Knife. We're going to hang out. There's also a game that night uh, against the Knicks. So. Come about four o'clock um, and Britt and I will do a pod at five and then at 630, the uh, the Wolves play the Knicks. We'll have a bunch of giveaways and all those sort of things. Uh, we love uh, Falling Knife as an option to be able to a place to go watch all the games uh, throughout the course of the season. Uh, but this is always fun at the beginning of the year to get everyone together and to be able to uh, actually watch a, a preseason game together. So Falling Knife, October 14th, come out at like four o'clock. We're wolves gear. Uh, let's get weird. Uh, okay, Chase, uh, moving on. Do you want to do Conley next? Do you want to do the playoffs thing? Let's do the playoffs thing. Let's start bigger. So what, what the playoffs thing is. From the playoffs me, thing. For me and Chase's emailing yeah. is uh, that was the word, right? Out of media day is a successful season is we have to win a playoff series. And always those are a little like queued up, right? Like it's, it's right. they're always kind of 
um, a high bar. I understand why that would be the goal of this team this season. They two years in a row they got bounced in the first round. Um, they're heavily invested in this roster. Ant is improving. You would like to see your result improve. I'm just thinking about it. Is going to the second round means you are a top eight team in the NBA, right? You know, you're the fourth in the West. There's four teams going to the second round. Um, in the East as well. And I do think the Wolves could get to that point during the regular season of us being like, yeah, they probably feel like a top 10 team uh, in, in the league right now, maybe a little bit higher than that. It just, it, it's for, for what the perception is nationally, 44 and a half wins is what DraftKings has them at, which I think has actually gone up. The other teams that are in that range are the Thunder, the Knicks, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Mavs are at 45. I mean, do those teams have going to the second round expectations? I mean, maybe some of them do. The Thunder don't, right? Like, do the do the Kings or yeah. Knicks, like, tear it down if they don't go to the second round? Like, I don't know. Maybe. Well, do you know what I'm, do you get what I'm getting at, though? Like, I, I get what you're getting at, but I would say it's a little different in that, like, the Kings. Like, you just look at the... And I think it'd be different for the Wolves, too. Like, And I'm not saying it's a teardown, but I do think that when you have Rudy Gobert is, like, 31, mm-hmm. Mike Conley is 36, like, next month or something. Uh, like, yeah. So these are two of your five starters and really two very important players, like, very important players within your current construct. Like, sure. if not now for those guys, like, making a run at it, then it is kind of like when, you know? Like, are you really going to, like, is Mike Conley going to yeah. be out there trying out as your starting point guard and, like, you're, your straw that stirs the drink when he's 38 you know like probably not um so it is a little bit of a go time and we said this even i think ahead of last year like you know with the rudy trade like hey rudy's in his prime now it's kind of time to win now i definitely think that's true this year so i do think like if you don't have expectations now then why did you even trade for rudy gobert that is kind of like where i think it's fair right and 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 they are their internal expectations right and internally they they made the trade and internally they put themselves on this timeline so naturally it's there. I guess it's like I, I don't come into this season with the expectation that the Wolves I, I think they'll win more than 44 and a half games. Like I, I like the over there. Um I don't like I wouldn't take the over on 0.5 rounds played in the playoffs. Sure. Um then I think that would be kind of you know, kind of the plan because they, they make Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> We, we can pretend like they've gone over the last two years. <laughs> what what is it going to take to position themselves to be there, right? I mean, like, you're kind of talking about being a home court team, right? So a top four right. seed in the West, right? Like, I that's- think that's what you're talking about, too. Like, certainly you can, like, like last year in the playoffs, they were friskier than people thought they would be. Like, and, and there is always, like, you can be the Warriors and be a six seed and find your way out of the first round. Um, yeah. Like you can be the Lakers, be a seven seed. But I think like when like a Tim Connolly mentions that he wants to have, and he said this in the past, like that's kind of his goal for seasons. Like with teams is to be a home court first round team, win the first round. And then he's like, and then it's matchups from there. Um, health, whatnot. And I can understand that logic, but mm-hmm. you want to be a top four team that has home court in your first round that positions you well to get out of the first round, which is something Minnesota has not done the last two years. They have mm-hmm. like, had to do scratch and claw in the first round to try to pull off an upset that they've been un- unable to do. And, and understandably so it's hard to upset the top two seeds in the first round of the playoffs, but sure. 
like I think it's got to be something where like just the day to day is is just it has to look like a team that with the way they look in the playoffs and their focus and their intensity and and the things they bring on a daily basis, mm-hmm. it's got to be more consistent in the regular season. This has not been a very good regular season team, especially not last year. And you can mark that off to injuries, but even like at times in the year before where, yeah, there were a lot of nights where they brought it and there was some good energy, but like, just like the, no matter the opponent, bring it, um, just have some consistency in what you're doing. You shouldn't look like a different team one night than you do the next as often as Minnesota often does. Um, so I just think maybe more of a professionalism, maybe that it's part, it probably all does kind of lean back into the whole maturity thing. But Mm -hmm. again, I always say this and, you know, like to me, it always is like Anthony Edwards and Jane McDaniels. Like, can you guys please look like the same players against Portland as you do when you're trying to lock down Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? Like, Mm -hmm. just please bring some semblance of the same intensity, focus, maybe game plan, studying all that kind of stuff. Like bring it. It is on the younger guys, right? It is. is. I don't, I really don't think like, I really don't think Rudy Gobert is like getting up for one opponent and not the next, you know, it's like for all the things who he is. Yeah. Rudy's pretty consistent. Right. You know, and it, it, it wasn't like at the level that, you know, maybe some people wanted, but I think, Night tonight, and that's a product of having played on a really good team for many years in a row. I, and I liked how he kind of answered that at Media Day too. Was he was like, "Yeah, like these are the goals. Those goals are not possible to achieve if we don't start doing that. Like we're a top ten team in the league behavior now uh, in training camp. I think he knows that. I think the whole group kind of knows that, given what last season was and and how that went. It was consistently inconsistent last year." out of their control in some ways and in their control some ways with that just locked inness um or whatever but but yeah it it if these are your aspirations it absolutely starts now it starts with a strong start to the season um you got to get off on the the right foot in ways that they absolutely uh did not last season i'm more confident in their ability to do that like i think they're going to be a pretty good regular season team this year i, I really do yeah, I think so too. Um, and really, if you look at it right now, like things can change throughout the preseason. Certainly, some things happened last year's preseason that you wouldn't have guessed. But like, what are their excuses for not coming out of the gate strong this year? Like, it is, it is so much of like a. It, the roster is pretty similar. Like, yeah, there are some different role players pushed in there. Like that, you know, like your eighth, ninth guy are different. But like, it's a lot of the same guys. They really liked where they finished last year. They they really thought like, hey, there's a lot here, and we think and. I think they think if things broke a certain different way, they could have made a deeper run. Like, I think they feel like they have momentum. They think they've kind of figured some things out. Um, like, this is this should be a time now with like this training camp trip, all this stuff. Like, it sets up well for you to come up out of the gate as a unit, playing like a unit more so than some other teams. As we see, like a lot of shift and turnover in rosters here. Like, you guys should be more congruent, I guess, than other teams coming out of the gate, and that should lead to early success. And to me, like. If they come out and they go like seven and three, eight, you know, eight and two or whatever, like I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know how feasible that is, but the that would show me a major stride for this team as in terms of what it can do in the regular season. And I am a big believer that regular season success leads to like the playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, they stumbled down the stretch last year when when they had nothing left to play for. But like Denver was a prime example of like, yeah play great in the regular season be a great regular season team like they were the best team in the nba through 60 games kind of were like all right what we've clinched everything um mm-hmm. and fell off at the end but 
like who they were in the first 60 looked a lot like the team they were in the playoffs. And I think so many times we like to think, okay, but here in the playoffs, this team will flip a switch. Like some teams can, like Miami can. Uh, but a lot of teams, it's like you are who you were in the regular season. You are who you were. Um, and that's true. So Minnesota be a better team um, from October to April. I, like, I think they can come out, quote unquote, strong without starting off seven and three and eight and two. I think they can come out strong at five and five and or, or something like that. And that would be, be what that would signal to me, even if there was splitting their games is like, some of this stagger stuff with Cat and Rudy seems to make sense. You're able to have put Nas into the mix to kind of unlock the big identity. Like no major or in the cover, the switching of coverages when Cat's at the five or Rudy's at the five. If that stuff looks to be the cement of that, maybe it's a little wet still, but is like laying, then I'm like, okay, that's fine if you if you are losing some games that you should win at the beginning of this season. But are we laying down a foundation that looks like come game 30? We're like, yeah, we know. We we, we understand how we get to our Cat-Nas pairing. We understand how we play defensive coverage when just Rudy's out there without another true big. Like Those, those are the things, because I'm with you. They got the same group, but they never did any of those things for more than like a four or five game sample. I mean, we reference Nas week all the time, which I am constantly remind people of like yes that was the best time it was three games it was three games that uh that all and cat didn't play in one it, it was four games cat didn't play one of it was three okay. were all were all three of them what the one of which though one of those three games Nas literally broke his wrist and yeah yeah had to leave yep, the game yeah so it was it was just an extremely small sample of time just like the just like the playoffs was you know and the things to like about that was small too and the things to not like about any other period of the season like you can poke reasonable um excuses in that well but i'm just going to be going off with so much more of like how different does this feel than last season when i'm watching the first 15 games of the year and i'm like oh buddy i don't know how long this is going to take or if it's going to work to be able to iron out the ways in which these different buttons they need to push that's why training camp's important. They didn't have that last year. Can it can it not feel like that on November 14th uh, or whatever, like it did uh, a year ago in the middle of November? I do think, though, like if they're doing the things you're talking about, they're such a talented roster that I, I think they'll be winning games. Like, yeah. I know what you're saying. Like, they can lose and I can just still see the way they're losing and be like, OK, That's... I think there's some good stuff there. But mm -hmm. I just think if they're doing the things that you would like to see and they're even just like even as they're kind of tripping over themselves a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they'll still find a way to win a lot of games because of their general rosters. Count. Again, I should, yes, I should look more at the schedule and be like, who do they play? Uh, but we never really know. I no, mean, you're right. You're right. You're right. Like, Early in the year, you don't know. It's, it's, you don't know who's playing. You don't know who's hurt. Mm -hmm. Like they play Miami, like Miami, like, Toronto, Miami, Atlanta. Those are the and, and Miami is like literally like Miami plays the night before somewhere else. So like Jimmy Butler might not play in Minnesota. So then it's like <laughs> you look at that game, and you're like, might lose that one. But then yeah. you might walk in and you're eight point favorites. You know, like you just right. you, you don't know. So I, I understand you on that. I, I, I do think like that's where I'm even going to learn something in the preseason, because especially when everybody's out there. Because mm -hmm. I, it was so easy to be like, well, this is their first time ever, you know, like yeah. um, in that Brooklyn Nets preseason game. And yeah. it was hideous. Um, and it was like, well, we literally just got 
cat back, you know, and Rudy and, and this is their first game together. That looked a lot more like the team that played the first three weeks than I think in the regular season yeah. than I think anybody would have expected. Well, the first four preseason, it was five preseason games. They win the first four. Yep. And you're like, all right, that kind of kind of yeah. looks good. But the fifth one was the first one was that where, they had both yes. Cat and Rudy. And they right. were playing against a small ball team that was just trying to make Cat run around even in a preseason game. And you're like, uh-oh. Yeah, like, it looked awful. It looked atrocious. And that's the way it did look for big chunks of that first segment of the season before Cat got hurt. It's how um, it looked against the Spurs in like game three when the Spurs boat raced them, you yep, know, 100%. or when the Jazz beat them in that overtime game. Like the issues that we saw in preseason were the issues that were there at the, the beginning of the regular season. So when you are watching these games, these Abu Dhabi games, I mean, it camp's been going for a week. It's This is going to be a really limited picture in how much they've been able to prep, right? But it should be that group. It should be more the Brooklyn game where the whole group is playing, right? So we should be able to learn a little bit from, from these games, right? I think so. I mean, I, I think to some degree, at least what they're trying to do, we should be, definitely be able to learn, I think, to your points, like how well do they and and do they uh, try to, like a word we used a lot last year, like toggle the defenses when yeah. Kat's out there and when Kat and Rudy are out there. And when does Nas play? Like how much does he play with Kat? How much does he play with Rudy? Those types of things. Like I think we'll get some answers on that maybe in like the first half. Uh, mm-hmm. Or maybe in the first half of the second game, we'll see how much they play these guys together. We'll get a few answers. The interesting thing about Minnesota that I generally feel is like they lost to bad teams last year. Well, bad teams are often filled with younger guys who like to get up and down. And like, I do think that's the teams that that are more likely to get a bigger team like Minnesota. I do think that's why Minnesota is a little more prone to be inconsistent um, because like Dallas with Luca and Kyrie, it's pretty big ISO team. Like, I think that's always going to be a good matchup for Minnesota. Like Mm -hmm. it, and you're maybe see more playoff teams like that. And that's why I don't know if Minnesota is maybe better equipped to go against good teams and compete against good teams and less equipped to handle mm. quote unquote tanking teams and more likely to trip up against those teams. Now I think you should be able to guard against that. I think you should yeah. be able to play well enough in other areas to not let a few easy transition buckets like be your demise. Um, but I I've been trusted to see like the different opponents as they go through the preseason. I think Dallas will be a good matchup for them. So I think like, even if they go starters for starters, I think Minnesota could look pretty good here. Um, yeah. But I think we'll get a lot of answers throughout the preseason as to like, the questions we have about how things are going to look like. I do think we'll start getting some answers here as early as tomorrow. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I went to a concert last week, and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets, it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third-party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate, and that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set, and tickets are sent directly to your phone. So no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there and just snag tickets without stress with the game time app, download the game time app, create an account and use code Dane more for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and use the code Dane more all one word for $20 off 
Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's uh, move over to Mike Conley, which who we talked to on on Saturday uh, at practice. He's always, you know, Mike is kind of for us the the perfect type of person uh, to be to talk to while we're trying Period. to figure anything Period. out. Yeah. But particularly when we're trying to figure anything out about like what is X, Y, or Z going to look like, and Mike knows how to answer those questions in a way that like respects the integrity mm-hmm. of what they're trying to. To keep private, uh, I, and I don't think can, sure. I don't think you can state this enough. Like, what is X Y Z going to look like? Why is X Y Z not working? Like, mm-hmm. what can you guys do to counter A B C? Like, anything. I've I've said this for a while now. Like, I think Chris Finch is a great quote. Yeah. I think Mike Conley is a significantly better quote. Like, the best quote of any anyone on the team that I can even remember since covering the Timberwolves, as far as like learning about the game. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm a fan and I want to learn about basketball, like if I go to the Tim Rose YouTube page, I'm specifically going to pull up Mike Conley's interviews yeah. and like, just listen to the way he explains things. Like, cause yeah, I think you get a much better understanding of like why something worked, why something didn't work. Other things that they could be doing when things aren't working. Like he'll answer that mm-hmm. as well. Like what could you be doing better against like switching defenses last year? Like he's giving great answers. Like we need to do with this, this and this. Um, and then you see like where maybe the team is coming up short. Um, it's, it's, very informational. I, I think 
like last season in training camp, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out the toggle, right? As we were, we're you're getting a little breadcrumbs at media day and at practice and stuff like that. Like, oh, we're going to play a different type of defenses this year when Rudy's on versus Cat is on. So a lot of our questioning is we're trying to figure that out. Uh, Finch did a good, uh, Conley wasn't there last year. Finch did a good job of explaining it. I think the, the hot button word as if it was toggle last year, this year it's, struggle or struggle structure uh <laughs> struggle the, the combination uh of those two and i think uh mike helped kind of uh clarify that here as you asked him straight up is structure uh a crutch so we'll play that this quote from is, is structure a crutch on offense um Structure can be a crutch sometimes, um, but it's necessary in, in certain scenarios. If guys have tendencies where they get wild with the ball and get a little loose with the ball, it's, it's good to have some structure to say, hey, you know, one or two guys, y'all are able to do this. The rest of y'all, you know, we want y'all looking to, to two dribbles, get off it, pass it, shoot it, whatever it is, play a role. Um, but you got to give some freedom. You got to allow guys to be themselves. And I like that early in transition. I like it early in, in the flow of things. But when we get in half court, we have to have that that discipline and structure there, so, which leads into the fourth quarters and, and allows us to make plays down the stretch. So, Jace, from that media with Mike, and then when we had Micah, Nori, um, the, the way I'm sort of thinking about what this structure is going to look like is. I asked Micah straight up. I was like, you know, is this going to, when it's structured, do you mean it's going to look like Utah, which was extremely structured when Conley and Gobert were there? And he said, no, it's like a different type of structure. It's a, an initial structure that then allows you to play um, in flow, which seems like a proper compromise for, for this group, right? They need some more structure, but with a lot of their personnel probably don't want to be overly structured though again this is another one that like the toggle thing last year where it's like there's a lot of gray here like how much structure do we have with this personnel grouping versus this one and some guys overlap those groups like are they gonna forget that rudy's not on the floor or that cat's not on the floor in this sort of way like i think this is another thing that's going to be hard because it's not a super like definitive amount uh of structure which again is is a a good thing for for this group i know you think this group is probably maximized when they can get uh to the flow but this is a good compromise right i think basketball is is maximized when you can get into like a flow um i i think just seeing like minnesota's offense when it did work in the past which was usually when like the bench was in um being like oh okay this is like basketball where it is random it is like Okay, we're we're gonna run pick and roll. Okay, I'm gonna get off of it. We get a guy to the corner. Okay, let's set up a side screen and roll and run like the secondary pick and roll there. And now now I've got to switch bam, with bam, the bam, big. Bam. Yep, we're yeah, gonna pop yeah. it down to him. Like, um, and and now it's like as a defense, you're defending like three actions in 20 seconds. Like mm-hmm. somebody's gonna get open. Um, you're gonna have a breakdown. There's no way you can't, or you're gonna end up in a bad mismatch. So like seeing those possessions as they played out, I'm like, yes, this is the best basketball. Um, I do understand that like it takes a lot of knowledge. And I think sometimes experience helps a lot with that too, to be able to consistently do that. I think what more often happens when you don't have a, what are we doing as we run down the court is like guys kind of stare at each other. Um, and yeah. there's nothing to get it started from my understanding. Like this added bit of structure is like an action to start it. Um, yeah. It's like, okay, everybody knows what they're supposed to do in the first five seconds of the play, you know, mm-hmm. and we're going to try this. 
inevitably, hey, it might work out where it leads to a bucket right away. Great. Uh, eventually, like these different calls, the defense will know what's coming. And but you've hopefully at least compromised them and you go from there. Um, so I do think there's still going to be some. You have to have understanding. You have to know what comes next. Um, and on players, there has to be more. It's, it's read and react. Um, I think they just want to get a guy like an ant, a guy like Cat, in a read and react situation and let them go from there. Um, where sometimes there was too much standing, too much stalling, too much waiting around um, just to even get into anything. Um, where now you're like really handcuffed because it's 12 seconds left or 10 seconds left and Cat's holding the ball up top. And it's like, well, Everybody's watching him, and it's like nothing's going to happen here. Um, so we're going to lead to some really forced offense. So I, I, I think ideally you never have to do that. But even Finch, I think, has said like, yeah, like even when you call plays, like there has to be some sense of what to do with like within free flow and reacting. Mm-hmm. When as soon as the defense takes that thing away, which they inevitably will do. So like, I think like best case scenario for a team is that. Everybody gets to a point where their understanding of just NBA offense and what you want and what you're trying to get to is that you don't even have to call anything to start. Um, like it can just be a, well, obviously we're going to have Rudy come up and set a screen and we're going to go from there. Um, and everybody else understands spacing and, and moving the ball, switching its sides with it, um, touching the paint, those types of things. Uh, like Nas Reed has called that out before. He even did it at media day. He's like, I understand basketball. And like, <laughs> you do. <laughs> I, I have no question about that. Like, you you very much understand NBA offense. I think ideally everybody gets there. Uh, but for now, I think just an actions to get things started where guys know where they're supposed to go, especially with the starting unit where, where it gets a little sticky sometimes. Uh, you know where you're supposed to go to get the play going. Everybody knows where they're supposed to start. Hopefully guys kind of continue to evolve as players from there. Have you developed a greater appreciation for flow? And what that even is and what that means since Chris Finch has been here, because I don't think like two years ago, I could have like defined what that is and why it works without having talked to Finch and kind of seen when that's worked, what it looks like. Like, I I appreciate what that is. I appreciate the value of a free flowing offense more today than than I would have two years ago. I feel like just having known you and talked to you, you've grown in that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like Ryan Saunders, like when he talks about, we don't have plays, we have concepts and we all just kind of make fun of it almost like, okay, maybe she gets some plays, Uh, you know, like because the offense looks so bad. Uh, But you do see like that probably was also a bunch. That is why that is why I was low on it. That's a good point. Yep. Uh, you know, it's a bunch of young players who don't know what they're doing. And so then the offense looks like it's going nowhere fast ever. And it doesn't mm-hmm. look like anybody knows what they're doing. But I can even point out like that game they won against the Warriors. Like I clipped a few plays from that where Nas took so many shots in so few minutes in that game. And all the possessions were like, yeah. he is just running, going to like the right spot, spacing to the right space. So like maybe he's just an obvious kickout candidate or he's coming and setting a random screen and roll like, you know, halfway through the possession to somebody who's on like the baseline. And that's leading to a really easy two man game in space. Like those types of things that lead to easy buckets, easy looks. And they're really hard to defend um, that really do come out of nowhere. It comes like Nas seeing what's playing out and knowing I need to go here. I should go here. Um, And just, the effectiveness of that kind of offense. And frankly, like this sounds weird, but like the beauty of it, like I think those plays look awesome when they just kind of matriculate out of nothing. Um, And I think they're the hardest to defend. I've heard like enough, you know, we even mentioned this last year, like enough like Kobe clips and stuff where he's like, when I know it's a screen roll up top, that is easy to defend. 
because mm-hmm. we know exactly where you're trying to do, where the ball is trying to go. Mm-hmm. It really is like when you can kind of pull things out of thin air to where you're not even sure as you're running down the court what you're going to do, and you kind of come up with it on the fly that a defense then sure doesn't know what's coming. There's no scout for it. Um, and now it's just read and react. And the offense at that point, I think, has a pretty clear advantage. I, I think it, you you mentioned Golden State. There was Nas playing against Golden yes. State, but it but it but it triggered in my mind like that's what that's what they that's what Golden State is. Yeah, they they are the child of that, right? They, like, they are the number one flow team, and yes. everyone doesn't think of that because they think of like the Splash Brothers and three point shooting and what it all is. They found a free flowing system. It's the split action thing, right? It's like entered a Looney or Draymond Green at six feet and now you know clay and steph are playing off each other in that split action where there's like one of them's going to pop this way one of them's going to be that way it's this optionality right within the offense none of that's it's predetermined from there yeah no, none, none of, of it is the one thing that is predetermined is pick and roll that is the number one greatest signal of a team that has great structure the team that's last in pick and roll frequency for the last like five years is Golden state right the wolves had i think were 26th in, in pick and roll frequency last season. That is not a structured team in, in that sort of way. And and I like that style of play. I think that makes sense. But that makes sense when you have, to lean all the way into that, when you have a Golden State Warriors type of roster construction. When you have Rudy Gobert on your team and you want to implement him in into this group, that's why I was saying, I like flow more than I like structure. But if this is yeah. what your roster is and you're playing him 34 minutes a night and when you're getting into the flow and his touches are now coming at like eight feet and he's doing euros and he's doing post-ups and stuff like that, like so long as you have Rudy Gobert, that structure volume has to go up. And if if the pick and roll number is the metric, a metric to look at that as, you got to go from 26 to like 15th. Golden State can chill at like 30th because they know how to make that work. They don't right. really run that you know um the wolves need to run more of that because of the way in which they've shaped their roster if and when rudy gobert or carl anthony towns aren't on this team in three four years or whatever and it's like the ant and Jaden window and maybe Nas is there and leonard miller some other young guys i promise you that team is going to be straight flow like that is how those guys i mean i guess depending on how they evolve but they strike me as guys who are going to play more so in that more modern uh, flow type of structure, but that's not the that's not the team that the Wolves have given themselves now. And so long as that's the case, in my opinion, you got to hit the structure button a little bit more. Yeah, and, and that and that very much like that's something Chris Finch clearly realized, even dating back to the end of the playoffs last year. Like mm-hmm. we got to have more of it. It's clearly proven that it's too hard for these guys to figure out the spacing naturally with Rudy Ant and Carl out there. They struggled with that anytime those guys were on the floor together. Um, and I think that's why, like, and Finch has kind of said this, like, we were like a chameleon last year. And I think that p- largely had to do with kind of an ever evolving roster of who's healthy, who's available, who's not. I do think it's also like identity takes longer to find when you make your roster one that doesn't fit with what you wanted to do like schematically uh they adding rudy gobert changed everything that they were as far as a team the year prior and like you want to hold on to some of that stuff because it worked and it's what like fits exactly what you wanted to do as a coach and your belief system and like your players buy into like what the coach thinks when chris finch first gets there and there's success and now rudy's here and you got to change everything and but you still want to keep the stuff that was so good even if it doesn't quite fit anymore um so I think that did lead to a little bit of an identity crisis, but now I think they've got a clearer 
idea of like, okay, we've got to trash a lot of that stuff or at least scratch it or at least put it on the back burner and maybe mm-hmm. we can get back to it later. Um, I think they're starting having more data and knowledge of what they were last year of like, even if I think Finch's quote was great. Like we want to be fast, but we're slow. <laughs> like basically, but <laughs> well, we're not yeah. fast or something. And we want to, yeah. we want to play free, but this is a group that needs more structure. Like he said, those two things like back to back, like this isn't like basically acknowledging, like there's what our ideal is and there's what we have and what we have requires something a little different. And I think that's kind of coaching one one Now, should you create a roster that varies greatly from what your coach would usually do? I don't know. Like, I don't think the Warriors would do that to Steve Kerr, but, um, but that's the boat they're in now. And Finch clearly bought in when they made the trade and everything was all for it. And so like, now it's time you're a year in, it's okay. It makes sense that it didn't click right away in year one, but now you know what you have. So mm-hmm. maximize it. And I think they're all kind of uniting together on that venture here in, in the off season and in training camp. So I do expect a better result. I do think it needs more structure. Um, I think that was pretty clear last year. I think everybody has bought into that now. It was before me and Britt did like a bigs preview. I went and watched like a handful of Rudy's France, like clips with France uh, from this summer. And, and like that can be beautiful too. Like the mm-hmm. structure, they, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. Are, they are so structured and I, and I, I love how it, it looks um, at times, but I was watching that and I'm like, okay, every one of these France's best possessions is like ping, ping, ping based out of structure, right? There's, there was a plan here. And I'm reminded of like Finch at media day 12 months ago, where he was kind of like talking about what he saw Rudy in Eurobasket with France the year before as like playing at the elbows kind of as a passer and this and that. And that was a reason it seemed from Finch of like why we feel like we can put him in more of a flow based offensive system. And, and it's just not how France plays I, to my eye. It's, it's so, it's so structured. And quite frankly, I haven't watched like a lot of Eurobasket last year and world cup this summer. They kind of like deleted a lot of what was like the Rudy kind of making decisions. Like Rudy went back to Utah <laughs> Rudy for France this, this year as they, you know, jacked up the structure and, you know, France kind of stunk in the world cup or whatever, but it's just, it's such an interesting thing to me of what Finch thought was going to be possible right when he got here, right when Rudy got here for training camp last year and what has had to kind of be curtailed around that and, and not have been the case. I just wonder sometimes if like Finch was trying to see some things in Rudy that might not have been there. And maybe that'll all be proven wrong this year. And maybe Rudy will be able to, have more more diversity in it. It's just from for me, who's obviously has a way worse eye than Finch and has probably watched way less of it than Finch. I just don't get what film there is out there that says, yeah, he can he can do just as well in within the flow as he can uh, within the structure. I I just I, I haven't seen it. I, and I think that they, I really do think that they've probably given up on that too. I mean, just for like all indications, I think like they're not going to come on and be like, yep, every possession, we're just going to hammer it in um, structure, mm-hmm. structure, structure. I think the what they've said is as far as they'll ever say, but I think everything they've said leads me to believe we're going to see a lot more structure. Um, and they're going to be like, it's when just Rudy's a starting there. point. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I yeah. think that's what this whole like 
delineation is. It's like, yeah, but then we're probably not going to have that much structure when it's like Aunt Jaden, Cat, Nas, you know, J Mac out there or whatever. Right, you know, right. like with that group, we're going to run and we're going to float. Like, I tried to ask that. I, you know, I, I said it's obviously a different group, but at one point I asked Finch, I said, with the reserves, do you expect less structure? And he said, yes. You know, like now, what exactly qualifies as the reserves? Because, you know, with a stagger, you always have a cat or a Rudy out there. Um, and now we got the toggle and we got the stagger. Like, yeah, okay, that's, right, that's right. what I would do, too. I would right. do, I, I agree with that. It's like, it's hard. But it's I would say hard. It, what's interesting, though, is like, I always want to blame this stuff on Rudy. Um, but like structure is needed for Ant. Like less ball yes. holding structure is needed for Carl with less ball holding. Like and Carl can get the of Carl. Yes, hundred percent for Carl will be the good spacing for of it as well. Yep, like mm-hmm. where Carl needs to be on the floor because like it's hard to understand that, and I don't think they have a clear grasp of it. Like mm-hmm. the player sometimes of where everybody needs to be for things to work for Ant to have proper space for Rudy to properly function in in the spot that he is on the floor for Carl to have yeah. the most space for himself to work. So I think like the coaches say, okay, you've got to be here, here, and here. And how do we make sure you're here and here? And how do we make sure that Ant's not, you know, sizing up, a, mm-hmm. you know, his defender like up top and allowing everybody to kind of suck in um, because there's 12 seconds on the shot clock now and we know what's going to happen. Same thing with Cat from the top of the key where he's like just kind of jab stepping for five seconds and you know what's going to happen and the mm-hmm. defense can suck in. Like structure helps all of those guys. Like structure is an antidote for uh kind of stickiness of the basketball as well so i think mm-hmm. that all matters uh my one thing it's like, not just a rudy thing that's a, yes. that's a really good point yeah yes and then you know i i think i asked mike this like because the idea of free-flowing i think it was so great when like it was pretty much the bench and it looked like a lineup that could win basketball games and they beat the knicks and they should have beat the bulls after ant got hurt but tory yeah. prince just threw the ball to space yeah. um you know and it i asked Mike, I was like, how many sets did you guys run against the Knicks when he scored like 140? Uh, he's like, I think three. <laughs> yeah, three. Three. Yeah. You know, like, and, and it's just like when you have guys and you have like, it's like Mike Conley and Kyle Anderson and Torian Prince like out there playing basketball, like they just get it, you know, and they know where to go and where the ball should go, and what the proper play should be mm-hmm. here and and uh, and the proper shots to take. And, and that's just, it can lead to great results. It's not going to win you a championship because you do need those elite, elite players. But the best brand of basketball form, in my mind, is the team that can get the elite players to play the best brand of basketball. Yeah. You know, like, that's yeah. how you unlock Warriors, you know, winning 73 games before they even ever got Kevin Durant. And Chase, that, that's the goal. That's the goal of whatever this is that Vitch is describing, of like a foundation of structure into flow, is what you just said, is getting the best players on the team to play the best brand of basketball. Right. Like, that that's what they're aiming at, and I think that is a a great place to start. It's I don't know what else you I would do. Like, yeah, you're not gonna, shouldn't just hammer home like, nope, we're switching to Utah offense, and it's like four spread. We're doing that the whole time, and it's not like it'd be dumb to have to treat a game where you have Carl, Rudy, Ant, and Jaden the same way that you treated that Knicks game. Right. Like that doesn't right. make sense either, you know. Right. So it's uh, it's the balance. It's why we're uh, we're excited to. Yeah, watch these these preseason games tomorrow. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up by Jason and I during the football season when he comes on on Wednesdays. We do uh, we do prize picks um, where we. I'm gonna pick- do better this year. Yeah, we did do well. It's funny, like the last week, me and uh, Kyle started and we did our first one, and we went over four collectively. <laughs> I was over two on both of mine, and, and Kyle was was over two on uh, on both of his, but. 
you know, it's uh, we're, we're making we're 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 doing things differently this year. We're gonna we're gonna get back on track. I spent a little bit, honestly, more time thinking about this today. I, I'm just gonna show you. Can you see these on the screen right now? Yep. Yes. Okay. So I like this Fields and Herbert to score a touchdown. Point I five. saw that one. I considered it. Yeah. I, or or just Fields one and a half passing or rushing touchdowns. Like he has to just pass or rush for two touchdowns for the hit. I really liked, I, I really liked both of those. I don't know. I, I threw Darnell Mooney on here because I was like, I don't remember him having done anything this season. So I don't, I don't know if I wanted him on there. And then Herbert, I really liked uh, at 44 and a half. So that was my, my starting point of the the four I'm thinking about. Uh, we'll each two, choose two and, uh, and put them on a card here. What, what did you have? Yeah. Okay. I, uh, and that's, what's fun though, is like you pick four and then you see Dane's thing there Two. It's like times 10. So if you put down 20 yeah. and 200, like mm-hmm. it is, it's now like, obviously the more you put in there, the more likely they are to get one wrong, but like right. the payout can be pretty handsome if you, right. if you do hit them all. Smart. Um, yeah. Rushing yards. I went Sam Howell over 12 and a half rushing yards. I, I saw, I saw that one, uh, too. Well, you so better see it. It's uh, on the top of your screen. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> no, I said, I was thinking about okay. that one okay. too. Okay, so I removed Mooney. We'll we'll put that one in there. What else you got? Howell has gone over that in every game, but the Arizona game where he had eleven. Like it's, huh. he, and he's had like two hundred for forty against Philly. Like it's now maybe they think like he won't get rushed by Chicago, so like there won't be money, much need to take off. But I do yeah. think he likes to do that when it's available. Sure. Are you doing one now, or am I just throwing? No, I I just I I just pruned mine out. I'm gonna go okay. to fields the fields and Herbert more than point five rushing or receiving touchdowns combined. I like that one. And then I'm going to say Herbert more than 44 and a half rushing yards. Those are, those are my, my two. So we'll put one together. That's all four of ours together. And I'm sure I'll be the one to mess it up. And we'll put like a hundred on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, we'll and retire. Then, yeah, that's right. Um, Justin Fields over an interception. It's just my favorite, like one to play, especially if you're going to watch a game, like yeah. <laughs> watching the whole game, just yeah. hoping one pass gets picked. It's never dead. <laughs> it's right. never dead as like a it's ne- as like a prop. It's not like I need a sixty yard rush here in the fourth quarter because you almost want close. garbage time at the end. Yes, right. and that is where, that's a really nice comfort where like yeah. I expect the Bears to lose. I expect them to late in the game have to force the ball down the field. So like even if Justin Fields plays well, it's exactly like the Denver game. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a pick last drive. Desperation, third and thirteen, throws a pick. Like it's a good bailout if you think right. the team, the quarterback, is going to lose. That it's a good chance to throw I, I like that. So, so this just for those of you who are watching on YouTube or just listening on the podcast, it's if we hit all four of these, I'm saying more than a uh, a touchdown scored by the combination of Fields and Herbert. One of the two of them scored a touchdown. Fields good can't on be that. passing for there. Fields yeah, not passing. That yeah. that this is just uh, yeah, uh, uh, would be a rushing touchdown in Fields' case. Uh, I think I like Herbert more than 44 and a half rushing yards. You're taking Howell more than 12 and a half rushing yards and fields more than 0.5 interceptions if all four of those hit yeah 10 to 1 on whatever i have 20 in here right now so it'd be 20 to win uh 200 i'm a i'm a little uh concerned about whenever we do like four that are all more thans <laughs> I, that that never seems to be the uh the, tends to the, be our game yeah that that's true that's why we made it as well last year but anyways uh that's that's prize picks uh is a sponsor of the show again uh this season and they uh for listeners uh of the show they will give you a 100 dollar uh sign up bonus if you use the promo code dane and if you do 
there's other different ways to get uh, a $100 sign up bonus uh, with prize picks, but I, I would appreciate if you use the promo code uh, Dane when you do that, because that helps us, uh, that helps prize picks know uh, where, where you came from. So Jason, and I, we'll be tracking how, how we do uh, over the, the course of the year with this. It's always kind of fun. Jason and I are football uh, nerds uh, as, as well. Uh, all right, Jace, just give me, before we go, just one specific thing you are looking for in tomorrow's game just rotations just first guys off the bench um you know who the starters are going to be it's just totally seeing like we have our suspicions about how it's going to play out it's like is shake milton going to come in and be the backup point guard um is that how he's going to function is jordan mclaughlin does he play in the first half or does he come on the second half i know he said he's healthy now and he wasn't before uh you know, at the end of last season, he certainly didn't look healthy, didn't look explosive, those types of things. He says he's healthy now, but has he already lost the backup point guard spot? That's something I'm interested in. Um, it's always just rotation for me to start the game, because I do mm-hmm. think that's something that at the first quarter, first quarter and a half, they probably, even as guys play lesser minutes, I think that's still the time where you can best guess what a rotation will look like when you hit the regular season. Your your one to ten worry scale, ten being really worried about the fat the, the wolves point guard depth because mine is at like two now i just yes. see like yes. seven different guys who i'm like okay whatever they can initiate and i'm always in camp and initiate more too like i i i think i we maybe like overhyped that a lot uh during the year like oh what's gonna happen at point guard here at that was when they had season, one <laughs> yeah. for us so much of last year they literally just had d and then j mac was out and that yeah. was it Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, was was it. Noel, yeah, was yeah. Noel, who is not as good. And Jalen Noel is not capable of doing that. Uh, See, you know? that's what we were worried about when we we're looking at. They're like, oh man, it's only 36 year old Mike Conley. We were worried about duplicating like the Austin Rivers, Jalen Noel, Bryn Forbes as pseudo backup point guard thing because that was really costly last season. The quality, right, of these backup lead initiators is so much higher from Shake to Nikhil to. Kyle doing some of it. And then even it's like, okay, so J Mac is like way down here. What if J Mac is back to healthy and looks like the pace setter and the player he was that, you know, was just net rating God for, for a couple of years. Like if that's your backstop or backup point guard, worst case scenario, like, all right, th- th- this team, I think is fine on point guard depth. And I think I way over, I way overthought that this summer. Yeah, I agree. I, now, if Mike Conley goes down and now you don't have a starting point guard, like I, I don't, lo- I wouldn't love any of these guys like directing that multi-big cat Rudy and starting lineup. Like I think Mike Conley is very important to that starting lineup working, maximizing yeah. itself. As far as like running minutes behind him, I one thousand percent agree with you. Yeah. Shake Milton can do it just mm-hmm. fine. It might not be like his natural, natural thing to be like a point guard. It doesn't have to be in a second unit. A lot of second units don't have it. like a natural point guard. Yeah. And Nikhil, like you said, he did more of that, I think, even in Utah than he did here. I mean, yeah. in his little minute limited minutes there, but he's very capable, I think, of doing that type of thing. Um it's yeah, just like turnovers with him. there. Yeah, exactly. And then mm-hmm. you got Kyle, who obviously can, you know, start any offensive yep. the thing like when like he did last year whenever things were going badly it's like just give kyle the ball mm-hmm. um they have a lot of guys who can yeah. ball handle from that type of situation i have no concerns about their point guard depth behind and this is every team if your starting point guard goes down sure you probably don't have a great option like to be like that guy can be our starting point guard behind him that's it's like every team it's like mm-hmm. in the nfl with your quarterback like oh we lost our quarterback well we're not going to be very <laughs> right. it is what it is. <laughs> you know um, that's a good analogy yeah 
Yeah. So I'm not worried at all. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. There are so many options um, to, to be the quote unquote ball handler behind Mike that you can just pick and choose depending on matchups or whatever defensive matchups. Right. And maybe on Thursday and Saturday, we will have an idea of what of those options are Finch's favorite. Right. There's there's a world where Shake and J Mac don't play. Yeah. You know, totally. like there, there's a world where neither one of them plays if they don't deem it necessary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. Uh, I, I'm with that too. That's always particularly at the beginning of the regular season when I'm looking at it, it's like trying to figure out who, who's going to play for this team. And uh, I think we'll see some of that. I don't think we'll see a lot of scheme stuff. Like normally with a Dallas matchup, I'd be like, ooh, like is Rudy going to be up in coverage against uh, Luca? Uh, but I, I, you know, I think. For both of these teams, they're going to be rolling out the the basics uh, of whatever it is they're they're going to do this season. I'm still looking forward to it. I like that it's a day game. Uh, myself, I love and, it. yeah, I love it. <laughs> no, we're going to knock it out. Like I will watch the game. Me and Kyle are going to do uh, a post game pod, and I'm going to eat dinner and watch Thursday night football. It's going to be great. It's like, well, we got we got to track our uh, Bears. That's right. And Commanders prize. And maybe a, maybe you'll have another Twins game there, you know? Or yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm going, I, got, I got my Twins stuff on. You right. got it today? I'm, maybe you'll have I'm one tomorrow? I'm, I'm, going, you go. I'm going to it uh, this, this this afternoon. So, yeah. Plenty of things. <laughs> the people who are watching the Wolves in Abu Dhabi, while, like, if the Twins are playing and there's all this stuff. I, it like, won't, they, won't, they won't intersect, though. Oh, they won't? Okay. okay. No, because it's an 11 a.m. game, I think, here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The twins yeah, are at three thirty again tomorrow if they if they if lose they today. Need it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Just take off work, which it's takes a... you right into Thursday night football after the Twins okay. game. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. If you obviously you you know fans want the Twins to win today, but if they lose, then it mm-hmm. sets up an incredible sports day if you just want to take the day off and want go basketball, baseball, football. Perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um. All right. He's uh. He's Jace Frederick. Uh. Jace. Appreciate you doing it. We're gonna have Jace on. We say every Wednesday, we're aiming at every Wednesday as we are every uh, Monday with Chris. You know, Britt is a little all over the place. So it'll be like Tuesdays or Thursdays, uh, Fridays with Kyle. But Jace, seriously, really excited to have you back on and start uh, talking about this this team this season. Appreciate you doing it. I'm looking forward to it, man. Happy to get it going. Um, yeah, until Thursday uh, with Kyle, we're going to do yeah some sort of post-game thing. Uh, that'll be up sometime Thursday evening. Yeah, until then, he's Jace. Follow him on Twitter at Jace Frederick. I'm Dane at Dane Moore NBA. Uh, until tomorrow, peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.